afford to be. This is small town music. This is big town music. He's ahead of his time, you know, but he can't use it. If only he could prove it. Well, tomorrow's just a song away, a song away, a song away. Hey, everybody, welcome to Rock Solid, your comedy podcast for all things music, both new and classic. I'm Pat Francis. Gary Lucy, what's up? Producer. Hello. Matt Belknap. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> we were just, uh, and before I bring the guest in, I just have to say, this guest was just rocking out in the kitchen uh, yeah. of the building that we're recording in right now, and I got to bring her in right now. She's uh, She's been doing this since she was a teenager, and she's still doing it, and you've seen her on MTV in the heyday, and she's got a brand new album out. It's 2013, and we are sitting across from Lita Ford, everybody. Thank you. Welcome to Rock Solid. Thanks, my, guys. I, my uh, teenage self wouldn't believe it. My <laughs> 20s, 30s uh, year old self wouldn't believe it. Oh, that's, that's Lita Ford uh, playing in the kitchen. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> my, my, uh, our intern, Kyrie, texted me. He's like, uh, Lita Ford's in the kitchen and they're tuning up. I was like, yes. Awesome. Thumbs up. Awesome. awesome. How are you doing today, Lita? I'm great. I'm doing great. You brought a, you brought a guy with you who's going to play Mitch a little Perry. bit. This Mitch Perry. This is guitar player, Mitch Perry. Woo. Nice Welcome to see to you. And guys, if, if uh, think what does a rock and roll guitar player look like? And that's what Mitch uh, Perry yeah. looks like behind me. He's got the hair. You got the gla- you got the glasses on still, Mitch. <laughs> there he's good. He's got the sleeve. He looks like one of the playable characters in uh, Guitar Hero. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so um, we're we're getting all revved up to go to Australia tomorrow. Tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Well, thank you for making time to be in Sherman Oaks today. Yeah. Oh, it's my. Pleasure. I assume that Australia will be a letdown after Sherman Oaks. <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. Because it's a sixteen-hour flight, yeah. so I hope not. Yeah, are you perfect. doing? Uh, are you doing solo shows there? Are you? Are you with an, uh, other bands? Is it a festival? What's going on? They're they're solo shows. We're they're solo shows. Excellent. Couple shows. Excellent. Yeah. And you're working up some new material that we heard earlier, and we're going to hear in a little bit later. Yeah, we're going to play you a couple songs. Okay. Nice. He just burped. Great. <laughs> well, it's okay. So long as it comes out that end. That's right. The other end, Absolutely. we're okay. <laughs> so um, the first thing I found out about Lita Ford that I didn't know is you were born in London. Yes. How did that happen? <laughs> you the really need to way. know how that happened. <laughs> the standard way. Sometimes when a mom and dad love each other very much. What, <laughs> what if that's how my line of questioning was the whole time? Like, yeah. I'm a, the worst interviewer ever. So let me know about that. Right. You know, so you were, so was your, was your, was your dad in the armed services or did you live, did you live in London? My father was in World War II wow. and he was wounded in Anzio Beach. Mm-hmm. You know, that famous Anzio Beach attack sure. in World War II. And he was uh, hit with a stick grenade. And uh, they put him in the hospital in Italy, mm-hmm. and he fell in love with my mother. Who my mother was one of the um, the nurses that worked for the wounded soldiers, and uh, she actually volunteered. And my father was one of the guys that she took care of, and he fell in love with her her voice, really, because she has this very mm-hmm. thick, uh, deep Italian accent, <laughs> and he fell in love with the, Itali- the Italian accent and the Italian Italian language and wow. its culture. So they, um, after the war, they got married and they moved back to London, which is where my father is from, mm-hmm. and uh, they're... You know, there was me. <laughs> Gave it's so, birth. It's so funny because I would never in a million years think that your your father was from London and your mother was from Italy because you seem like such a, a California yeah, Mar- person to me, like yeah. just California American. 
Yeah, I How'd grew up in in a, in the USA. Mm-hmm. We came into uh, Boston, mm-hmm. and then we lived in Texas. And when I was in second grade, we made our way to California, and I never left. And that was a good thing for you. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so now we jump years and years and years and years and years to uh, the Runaways. Yep. How old were you when the Runaways started? Sixteen. Sixteen. What do your parents think about sixteen-year-old Lita Ford being in a rock and roll band? They loved it. My parents were unbelievable. They they never asked questions. They always were so supportive. They never said, "Why are you coming home at four o'clock in the morning? And why do you reek of alcohol and cigarettes?" I never asked. You know, my mom. Why don't you ever ask me? You know, she was always so supportive. As a matter of fact, I was telling some of the guys in my band yesterday, or the day before mm-hmm. yesterday, we were in rehearsal, and uh, I was telling them that they gave me the credits I needed to graduate high school because I never went to school. I always ditched <laughs> school so I could jam. I didn't want to do school. I just wanted to play guitar. Right. So the teachers gave me the credits I needed wow. to graduate because they would see me in the magazines, you know, mm-hmm. Rod Stewart or right. somebody famous. Yeah. And they knew that I was doing something with my life. As a matter of fact, when the diplomas were handed out for graduation day, I was on tour with the Ramones. <laughs> wow. And wow. my father went and picked up my diploma. <laughs> wow. Are you, uh, uh, are you an only child? Were you an only child? Yeah. Wow, they really gave you a lot of freedom. That's pretty great. I don't know if, if I could do that as a, I'm a parent. And I don't know that I could do that. How old are your kids? Uh, they're uh, too young to be doing what you were doing. <laughs> no, they're uh, two girls, eight and 12. Uh, well, when yeah. I was about 16, my, my mother did let me move into my own apartment in Hollywood. What? But I traveled home. I, I came home about every four days. I would come home and I would eat until I couldn't eat anymore. <laughs> sleep, 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 eat, 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 and then I would leave again for about another week. Well, they, they, your parents must have had a lot of a lot of trust that you were you, whatever you were doing out there, you were doing the right thing, and you had a level head on your shoulder. So that's they did. Pretty, that's pretty cool. They did. They, so, they did. And as a, as a, I know, you're a mom yourself. Are you? Are do you, do you give your kids that type of type of freedom? Or are you? Well. Um, yeah, I mean, I support my kids. Whatever they mm-hmm. want to do, I would support them. Yeah. Unfortunately, their father uh, took them during the divorce and uh, left the country with them. So I haven't Sorry. really had them in three years. Oh, okay. it, It's an ugly situation. Well, we don't, we don't want to go there. No, but we, I support no, and, them. I, and my question wasn't to lead you there either. <laughs> no, no. I just know you're a mom, and, and so that's why I asked that question. No, I think parents should support yeah. their children on whatever it is they want to do yeah. because – they know what's in their heart and mm-hmm. what sometimes parents will say, you know, I was a doctor, so I want you to grow up and be a doctor. But that maybe that kid doesn't want to be a doctor. Yeah. You know, you need to support them because they are not you. They yeah. are a different person. Yeah. So you really need to back them on what they want to do, because I, if they have a goal, that's huge. That's half the battle. Oh, yeah. Knowing what you want to do. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Mm-hmm. That's um, all the fun. fun. That is all the fun. Yeah. Speaking of fun. Let's hear a little bit of this. Uh, I don't know if anyone's ever heard the song "Cherry Bomb." Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> is this a song people know? <laughs>
I wouldn't change the thing. That's just been no, perfect. That's that's yeah. that's undeniable. Anyone who hears that and goes, I don't really like it. I don't want to talk to that person <laughs> because that is just perfect, uh, perfect rock, rock and, and roll. roll. That's perfect. how you do it. Yeah. Right there. So, um, let's classic. talk about, that's classic. Let's, yeah. Let's talk a little bit about this, uh, this runaways movie that was out. I haven't seen it. Really? I, you I really didn't see it. I, I saw the trailers. <laughs> and that was enough for me. Well, I will tell you that uh, the Kristen Stewart, who I don't find to be a very good actress, it's her best work. She was amazing yeah. as Joan yeah. Jett. She really did look like really Joan. captured she the body really, language. Yeah, she, and... she just seemed to in, inhabit that whole that whole Joan Jett. So you haven't seen the movie? Well, this will be a short. I can imagine. I mean, it's it's a fantastic movie. But I imagine if it's your life, you would say like right. That exactly. is not what happened. You well, know, it's be not like really a, a yeah. runaways movie. Right. No, no, it's yeah. really yeah. Joan's story it's and Joan Sherry's story. Um, I what I wanted to really ask about, but you hadn't seen it. Was I wanted to know about um. Uh, the guy who plays Kim Fowley in the movie, he he was amazing too. And I wanted to know if that's how Kim Fowley really was. So maybe you can just tell us what was that dude like? Because well, he seems like a hot mess. The girls <laughs> in The Runaways, I think everybody has their own opinion uh-huh. on The Runaways. And everybody has their own opinion on Kim Fowley. Yeah. And uh, Kim and I got along very well mm. together. Um, he's very eccentric. And mm. um, some people might call him you know, a freak or a weirdo mm-hmm. or whatever. Sociopath gets tossed around. <laughs> I, I personally thought he was genius. Uh-huh. And, yes, uh, absolutely. Yeah. I think, you know, him putting together an all girl teenage band yeah. was for me, it changed my life. And yeah. I don't know if I would be where I was today. If I, I am today without Kim. Mm-hmm. I think he probably, probably changed everyone's life in the band. How, yeah. how was he with, uh, cause how old of a guy was he at that time? You guys are teenage, you girls are teenagers. God, I don't know. You know, he's just got one of those faces that he just looks old no matter yeah. what or when. But was he? Did it feel weird having this older dude around? I mean, was he respectful to to the girls? Hell no. No. Okay. Here <laughs> no. We go. No. But I didn't bother me. You yeah. know, he he was trying to tell the girls. Yeah. Uh, you know, you need to act like Mick Jagger, you know, and he would stick his leg up and his ass out. He would go, <laughs> and it just looks so stupid. And we would all watch him going, what is this guy doing? But I understood what he was trying to say is yeah. move like a rock star, right. act like a rock star, you know, choreograph yourself. Right. It, but he didn't use that terminology. He would just act stupid and we would all nobody would really understand what he was talking about but I I actually lived with him for two years in an apartment we shared an apartment I had my own bedroom and I would come home and he would be having sex on the dining room table <laughs> and uh, you know it would be like a hi, poster, man. hi Kim how are you today oh I'm great uh, let's talk to you later okay continue see you later you know it was a weird wacky relationship that is to say the least <laughs> um, now you you had uh, you had said that you added a uh, maybe you don't want to say that you had added a couple of runaway songs to the set list currently. Yes, we did. And what, what are you what are you going to be playing? We're going to play Cherry Bomb, and uh, we are going to Australia yes. tomorrow. So Australia is going to be our first show that we do add the runaway songs, um, Cherry Bomb, and it's very cocky. And now that we've got Marty O'Brien mm-hmm. on bass and Bobby Rock 
on, on drums. drums. Oh, great. Yeah, I love that and game. Mitch Perry on guitar, the song sounds badass. <laughs> and I'm singing it with a real go fuck yourself nice. attitude. <laughs> and uh, and then we're we're playing Black Leather, which is a real nasty song. And that's a you you uh, Steve Jones from the Sex Pistols. Yes. Black when we lived in England, the Runaways lived in England for a short period of time. We became very good friends with the Sex Pistols. And they would always come over, Sid and Nancy and Paul Cook and wow. Steve Jones. And they'd hang out. And uh, Steve Jones wrote Black Leather pretty much for the Runaways. Cool. So I don't have that queued out. Oh, it's so badass. Bitch. Well, we're um, going to do Stage It. Um, it's a live acoustic performance. Okay. And uh, maybe we'll play maybe we'll play black leather so you can take that version and use it. Okay, great. Oh, nice. uh, let's hear. I want to hear one more runaway song. Um, yeah. can, do you want to hear the one that you sing lead on? Sure. Let's hear. Uh, let's hear. I'm uh, a million. Now, I was about two years old when I did this. <laughs> so this is uh, and dropping it about two minutes eighteen seconds, please, yeah. Matt. So now, um, guitar riffs, guitar riffs, mm. guitar riffs, <laughs> and that's you because you were the lead guitarist in the yeah. Runaways. Um, now a lot of the Runaways are still around. The what? They're still around. Yeah. You? Well, Sandy passed Sandy. away. Sandy sadly passed away. On drums there, right? But yeah, Joan and Cherie and Lita. Yeah. Has there ever been any talk? I, I had dinner with Joan about a year ago, mm-hmm. and uh, I saw her maybe. When the Monsters of Rock cruise mm-hmm. just when, when was that, Mitch? March. In March, we docked in Fort Lauderdale. Okay. And the night we docked the Monsters of Rock ship, Joan was playing at the Hard Rock in oh, Fort Lauderdale. Wow. Oh, cool! So I got off the ship and went to the Joan Jet show, oh, and I man. saw her recently, and uh, she was great. She took good care of me, and it was good nice. to see her. Oh, so, I like that. I like but do you guys think? Do you guys? Uh, is there any desire to? If you if you got a phone call. What would what would you say? Would you want to do that? Of course. Let's do this, Joan. Of course. And, and you only live once, you know? That's right. And it's now or never. Um, I think, uh, I, I don't know that Joan wants to do mm-hmm. it, but I know Cherie does. Okay, yes. So, I don't know. And you guys even, there was a, Cherie's only on the first two Runaways albums, and then after she was gone, you guys did a couple more. Yeah. Yeah, Joan became the lead singer after Cherie left. Mm-hmm. So. And was it, was it different then when Joan was the lead singer? Um, or did you still feel like, yeah, we're still the Runaways and we're still doing what we want to do? Well, it, it it became different because Joan and Cherie were very close, mm-hmm. and I think, and I and I'm don't quote me on this because I'm speaking for Joan, sure. but I think Joan felt like she had lost part of her other half, yeah. so to speak, when mm-hmm. Cherie did leave. So it it was very hard for Joan to carry the band because mm-hmm. she was a lead singer, yeah. and uh, she just 
I don't know. I think she didn't didn't feel as it was a lot of stress. Yeah, on yeah. Her. So yeah, you're holding it all the weight on your shoulders now. She did. Yeah. All right. Cool. And at that age, it was tough on her. Yeah, because the 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 everyone was a teen. Yeah. Right. Late teens. That's what that's what I wanted to know. Like wh- one minute you're in high school or not going to high school, and then, <laughs> ditching. And ditching. the next you're like you, fans are going crazy in Japan and everything. Like the the. That must have been a weird moment. Like, was that, yeah, that, was was that crazy? Great. Like, how did you, and, and I guess like, you know, you weren't uh, used to anything else. So you think, oh, this is how, uh, this is how it happens when you, when you play rock. But uh, were you, were you able to like get a step back at the time and say like, kind of, wow, this is cool. Like, uh, or does it still, does it still seem amazing? We, I lived a lifetime. By the time I was 18, I had lived an entire lifetime and by the time the runaways broke up, mm-hmm. I felt like, okay, I'd just gone through college to yeah. learn how to be the real deal. Right. Now it's time to be the real deal. Yeah. That's the other thing. Like then like they break up and you guys and you're like twenty or something when Yeah. So so then like yeah, you are you know like well, that was fun, but no, that's when you just get started, it seems like. Yeah. 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 Now yeah, here yeah. we go, because yeah. it, it, in case you think this is a runaway show, it is not. It's a mm-hmm. Lita Ford show. So now let's uh, let's rush headlong into this. How long were you nervous about pursuing a solo career now? Or you just were you ready for it? No, I knew what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. I, I knew what I wanted to do. I saw that light at the end of the tunnel and I knew how to get there. Yeah. Um, the thing is, when the Runaways broke up, I didn't have a singer. And in the Runaways, I wasn't the lead singer. Right. So I really could either do one or the other, uh-huh. you know, but playing guitar and singing at the same time was something I had to learn and teach myself. Yeah. So I rented a warehouse in Long Beach, California, which is where my parents lived. Mm-hmm. And I set up my marshals and I got a PA system. And I would go there every day by myself and just sing and play. And I taught myself how to sing and play at the same time. And I would go to concerts like Johnny Winter. Um, I would study the old Jimi Hendrix stuff because he was in a three-piece band. And then there was a problem with getting recognition because I'm a female. Right. People would always look at the guy and say, that's not her playing, that's him playing. So I figured the only way to solve that problem was to get rid of the guy. Right, right. (laughs) Yeah. So I had a three-piece band. It was me, bass player, and a drummer, Neil Mm. Merriweather and Dusty Watson. There you go. And the three of us just jammed and i got a record deal like that excellent and then um uh so i want to play a song from one of your first albums this song this is from uh dancing the album dancing on the edge from 84 and this is uh gotta let go lead a solo cool So now, said, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. So on this album, that's Randy Randy Castile Teal on drums, yes. who went on to play with Ozzy, yes, and um, is also no longer with us. Uh, yes, rock and peace, Randy, and then uh, and you McDonald, who's been with the bass player with Bon Jovi now yes. for 
since 94 or 95. There's a documentary coming out on Randy. Oh, great. There should be. Yeah, it should be coming out real soon. I, I, I don't know exactly when it's coming out, but I know that they're finished with it because I did the voiceover. Oh, cool. For, for the whole entire thing? Yeah. Great. Wow. Yeah, it's really cool. And there's a lot of celebrities in it. I'm not going to give it away, but it's, it's, it'll be out soon. Did you break down in the VO booth at all? Did you get sad? <laughs> yeah. Oh, you did? Wow. I did. Yeah. I cried on somebody's shoulder. Okay. Yeah. That's a rock solid exclusive. You need a Ford cries. I did. I loved Randy. He was a great guy. Yeah, he's and a phenomenal drummer. I mean, anyone that knows, you know, the Aussie stuff and this Lita Ford album, you know how great he is. And, and before and, I found him, he, he played with Mitch. Oh, he did, Mitch? Yep. Are you in the documentary, Mitch? I am. Yes, he I is. Am. I can't wait to see this. Did Mitch ever make you cry? Not yet. Okay. <laughs> Gary, you had a question? Yeah, Lita, you said something, I think, and uh, this sounds corny, but it's important, I think, for the young people sure. listening. You know, you think like, ah, you know, rock and roll, it's a party lifestyle and everything. But when you were like setting off in your solo career, you talk about how you approached it like a business almost, or just like, like you were in college, you like studied the masters, you rented the warehouse space and worked your ass off. And that's like, uh, hats off to you. I mean, that's, that's, that's fantastic. Like, whatever artistic field you want to be in, it, you got to work hard. Yes. Yeah, I, it, it, I hate to say the uh, 10,000 hours thing, but you put in your time. I did. Yeah, yeah. it's not, it, it was, there was no American Idol when Runaways <laughs> came along. <laughs> no. You just, it was blood, sweat, and tears, and Kim Fowley licking his finger and put, touching his tush. And then, <laughs> yeah, right. And you did it. <laughs> <laughs> I did it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, when I grew up in the Runaways, there were no female role models for me right. to look up to yeah. on guitar anyway. I right. mean, there was Janis Joplin and, mm-hmm. you know, vo- other vocalists, uh, Pat Benatar mm-hmm. and, you know, people like that. But on guitar, there really was no female idols for me to look up to. That's true. You know, you don't think about that very often. But yeah, there's there's not. And even today, there's not a lot still, sadly. Yeah. There still isn't. I mean, I had disappeared for 15 years to mm-hmm. raise my boys. Yeah. And when I came back, I still, there was still those empty pair of shoes sitting there where I left <laughs> 15 yeah. years ago, yeah. unfilled. Nobody fit into the magic slippers. That's you right. Know? So I came back and put them on and they fit perfect. We and needed you. We needed you, Lita. So, Do you mind? You know what? Let's take a, let's take a break from the chat and let's hear okay. some tunes. Do you guys want to, uh, do you guys have enough room to sit in here? Yeah. Yeah, let me grab a guitar. I'm going to be a roadie here. No, I'm not. I'm not going to be roadie <laughs> at all. I'm actually just going to sit here. Do you guys have enough room? Uh, we're going to try. Okay. Let's see. Um, you can swing that over, yeah. Swing it over this way? Yeah, that angle it down a little bit. Okie doke. I'm going to back out of here. The can you hear us? Ready? Yeah, bitch. Got it. The bitch is back. Back. Yeah! Eat meat on a Friday, that's alright. Even 
Heartbreak on a Saturday night I can fix the best at your social news I get high in the evening sniffing pots of glue Excellent, Lita, excellent. Oh, Thank you. Man. These Australian shows oh, are going to kick ass. Yeah. It's going to be hot. <laughs> oh, my God. That was like... Uh, we've had some good music things We've had some good before, music things in here, but, but man, like that. That, that is... Amazing. That's how you rock a podcast. That's how you rock the podcast, is right. Rock the pod. I don't... Um, should we talk more now and bring Mitch in later, or should we... Can you guys do another song right now? What do you guys think? We can well, do another song. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Do you want to save one for the end? We'll could save one for out. the end. Good idea. Yeah. We'll yeah. save one for the end. Mitch, out in the hall. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's excellent. Thank you, Mitch. Yeah, want, to, awesome. want, to, want us to hand that? Oh, I'm good. No, she doesn't want me to touch her guitar. Right. I'll lean on it. All right. So are you stone cold sober, as a matter of fact? None uh, of my business? Kind of. <laughs> That's good. I'm having right. a coffee. Yeah. Got some coffee. It's none of my damn business. No, no. I am. You know, yeah. you just uh, give up on that stuff after a while. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'll grow it. You know? Yeah, Gary, you outgrew it, right? Totally. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's uh, one day at a time. You know, some of us do. Some of us yeah, don't. Exactly. Some of us can still handle it. <laughs> ah! <laughs> what a dick move. I know, stupid. Uh, okay, Lita, I want to jump 
1988. Okay. Self-titled one-word album, Lita. Yes. You work with Mike Chapman. Yes. Whose idea is it to bring... Now, Mike Chapman has produced The Knack and Blondie. He's he's a hit maker. Yes. He's a guy that you bring in when it's time to have the commercial hit, yeah, so to speak. Yeah, he's written everybody's favorite songs. Exactly. If Simply you, the best... You know, he yeah. writes with Holly. He wrote with Holly Knight. I don't yep. know what he's doing now. I haven't seen him in a while. But, but if you like, Wikipedia, Mike Chapman, and you're going to be like, oh, wow, I had no idea. Yeah. Um, and, and is Sharon Osbourne your manager at the time? She was. She yes. was. Was it her idea for Mike um, Chapman? Was it your idea? No, actually, what happened is um, I put everything together. Okay. I wrote the mm-hmm. album. Uh, we recorded uh, the album, and the very last thing that I added to the team mm-hmm. was Sharon Osbourne. Okay. So it was kind of cool because I did what I wanted to do, and I didn't have any direction from anybody. I just went in and recorded with Mike, and we had a blast. That's He's great. A great guy, and we really had a good time. And then Sharon, when I called Sharon, I said, I remember sitting, I was on the Queen Mary, Mm -hmm. drinking Bloody Marys and doing oyster shooters with some guy I met from Anchorage, Alaska. (laughs) And we were drunk, and and I thought, you know what, I'm going to call Sharon and ask her to manage me. (laughs) So I just picked up the phone and called her, and I said, Sharon, this is Lita, would you please be my manager? And she says... Yes, <laughs> of course. And I went awesome. Daddy leaders on the phone, and she Dad. wants me to be manager. It was awesome. So I was really happy with her. And so, and close my eyes forever is on that album. Did you? Was it not a duet then? When you or was Ozzy involved after Sharon, or was he involved before Sharon? We hadn't written "Close My Eyes" yet. Oh, okay. Um, that was something that came with Sharon. Okay. Um, I was in the studio recording, finishing up the recordings, and Ozzy and Sharon came to the studio. Okay. And they had brought me a, a housewarming gift because I just got a new house. What is that? What do they bring you? A sword? A vile blood? <laughs> You're going to die. They brought me a life-size duplicate of Coco the Gorilla from the San Diego Zoo. The sign language gorilla? Yeah. The one with the kitty? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had this kitty. Of course. It had the kitty attached. (laughs) So Ozzy and I, we started drinking wine and shooting some pool. And Sharon got bored and she left. (laughs) And she left Ozzy. Mm -hmm. So Ozzy and I started writing. There was this little room off to the side of the Uh studio and it had a guitar and some keyboards in there. And Ozzy and I made our way into this little room at about three o'clock in the morning. (laughs) And uh, we wrote Close My Eyes Forever. And the next morning, I noticed the sun was coming up and I said, shit, Ozzy. The sun's coming up. We got to get out of here. And he looks at me and he says, can you drive me home? And I said, no, I can't drive because we had to go over Laurel Canyon. Uh-huh. And, you know, that's a windy road. Right, right. After you've been drinking, no. it's not exactly not the smartest good. road to take. No. So I told him, you know, you better catch a taxi. So he called the cab, and I went home with Coco the gorilla strapped in the front seat of my car. In the carpool Because I lived up in the hills the opposite direction. Yeah, in the carpool lane <laughs> with your Coco. <laughs> well, since we talked about it, we'll play. We'll play this. Uh, we'll play this first. This is uh, uh, "Close My Eyes Forever" uh, duet with Ozzy Osbourne at one minute and seventeen seconds, please. Sometimes.
Video used to creep me out because Ozzy does this turn to the camera. And it's, like, ah. yeah. it's very creepy. That was a Ozzie. tough one. I was a yeah. I was like a, in my formative years, yeah. and that video was on all the time. And yeah. you see Lita Ford. Oh, oh yeah, and then Ozzy comes on. Oh no 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 no, no, no more no. Ozzy. Scary Just Ozzy. Back scary back Ozzy. Um, I'm gonna play two more. Uh, I'm gonna play two more tracks from uh, the Lita album. Uh, I'm gonna play Back to the Cave, and because when I hear Back to the Cave, I'm thinking that Carlos Santana. Stole a little bit of guitar from Lita Ford. Let's hear this right from the top. Back to the cave. Oh. That sounds great, Lita. It's a great riff. Now jump us into uh, 47 seconds. Hear a little vocal on that. Doesn't that sound like something on his Supernatural it album? Yeah. It really does. Very sexy. Yes, yes. I wish I had it. Why don't I have a song that I can listen to that I've sung and grooved to? <laughs> Why don't I have that? I should have thought of that before. I know, I should have. <laughs> but Lita, Kiss Me Deadly. This right is now? No. Well, <laughs> turn off all mics. Um, <laughs> this, is the, this, is the, this is the huge breakout MTV Video. I remember I, I was dating a girl and and and, and uh, her brother was like ten and we walked in and he's he's literally like frozen in front of the TV just like like he's never even seen a woman before in his life and we're like what is this he's like I don't know it's, I don't know I don't There's know the G string and the yeah. licking of the eyes it's and uh, all that. it's just who who gets you to sex it up like that for the video is that the director or did you say this is what I want to do right now in my life. I, I wanted to um, attract attention. Okay. And I figured, you know what? I'm going to attract attention. And uh, I put on a G string and, <laughs> and a leather jacket and grabbed a guitar and, you know, and, chicks and rock and roll. It's kind of. And the great thing lose. about that is you didn't do all that stuff to, to make a video uh, for a song that stinks. You did all that stuff, and the song is amazing. It's Thanks. it's undeniable. When you hear it anytime, it just makes you feel good. And let's hear a little bit of Kiss Me Deadly. Thing. Late for my job in the 
Indoors. That's amazing. So um, nice. And uh, recorded, <laughs> you recorded that album right here in Sherman Oaks, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, we did. Yeah. Excellent. Rock and roll hotbed. Uh, I had a couple of uh, question. Uh, informational sidebars. Okay, do, uh, good. We like that. Uh, Mike Chapman, Heart and Soul, Mickey, Ballroom Blitz, Stumbling In, Hot Child in the City. Just a few of the hits he had his hand in. My Corona. Yes, exactly. My Sharona. My Sharona. And Coco the Gorilla, her kitten's name was Ball. Perfect. Oh, wow. That's really cool. <laughs> Matt and I were discussing a lyric in Kiss Me Deadly when uh, when we came in today. When you borrow 10 bucks from your old man, is that your boyfriend or is that your dad? <laughs> well, live, it's whoever is there. You borrow 10 bucks from Mitch. <laughs> well, I'll say I had to borrow 10 bucks from Mitch's old man or you know Marty's old man or bass player. Or... But in the actual song, is it your da- is it, are you talking about your dad or are you talking about a boyfriend? It would be my dad. All right. Yeah. Dad's got the money. Boyfriends aren't going to give you any money. Just no. give you grief. <laughs> um, so, uh, so then um, the song, I want to talk about the song Lisa. Okay. That song is about who? That's my mother. That's your mom. My mother's name was Isabella. She was from Rome. And uh, beautiful name. When she came to the United States, we moved to California. Mm -hmm. Nobody could really pronounce Isa. Everybody was having trouble calling her Isa for Isabella. So they named her Lisa. What a bunch of dicks. Her (laughs) best friend was from Texas, and she had this southern drawl. And she used to say, Lisa Jean. I mean, her name was Isabella Benvenuto. It wasn't Lisa Jean. Right. But for some reason, it went from Isabella to Lisa. So I wrote her this song when she was diagnosed with breast cancer. She had been given three months to live. And I wanted her to have this song and this video before she passed away. So when she went in to go get chemotherapy, Mm -hmm. she would take the video with her. And she would show it to the doctors and the nurses. Sure, she would watch it. It would make <laughs> her awesome. feel good. I bet it did. Let's let's hear. Um, let's go to forty seconds. This is a, a beautiful song from the Stiletto album, Lisa. As I let my fingers trace each time one line upon your face, I'm not all in love. Creates a masterpiece like you.
Now, I have songs that I listen to that make me cry. I can't imagine having to perform one of those songs. How does that, when you perform this live, how, how do you get through a song like that? Um, you have to mentally go somewhere. Mm-hmm. Think about hot dogs or baseball. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, and, and at the same time, don't lose the emotion of the song. The hard part for me was writing this song. Yeah, I bet. It was it was tough. It's your mother, yeah. you know, and she's dying. And how do you put that into words? Yeah. So I um, I called on help for from from my songwriting lyricist mm-hmm. partner Michael Dan Emig, and he's still with me today. And he helped me with "Living Like a Runaway." Yeah. That CD is was co-written by Michael Dan Emig. He's just a brilliant, brilliant lyricist. He's very religious, and he's just a kind soul. And he comes up with the most incredible lyrics. Yeah. You know, only you know who I am. Only you really understand. It's your mom. Yeah. They know. They feel what you feel. It's an experience a lot of people go through. And yeah. luckily you were able to uh, channel your emotion uh, into a song and, and everybody can hear and feel better. And so it goes through it. But now, just because of the story you just told, now when I hear that song, I'm going to think of your mom taking her little video player yeah. <laughs> and showing the nurses and, and how filled with pride she's gonna, she was yeah. at that time. And that, yeah. that's what I'm going to think of now. Awesome. So, uh, nice. She was a beautiful lady. She really was. She was a full-blooded Roman, but she was a lady. I mean, I never heard her say the F word. You know, she never swore. Right. She was just always a lady. So, so how, what did she think then of the, uh, the sexed up Lita Ford videos when she would see those? Oh, she gave me hell, <laughs> especially with the torn up jeans. You know, the torn yeah, up jeans. Sure. I actually stopped a guy on the street. He was climbing the telephone poles. You know, he worked on the telephone wires. And his pants were naturally shredded down the front. This wasn't something I bought at a department store, which (laughs) they do now. Back then, they didn't sell torn-up jeans. And I came home with two pairs of torn-up jeans. And I I had them – I took them to my clothes designer. Mm -hmm. And she padded them from the inside with different beads and studs and leather and and velvet and – and uh, I used to wear them around. And my mother one day came out into the front yard and she says, Lita, get in the house. And I looked at her and I said, why? What's wrong, mom? And she said, I don't want the neighbors to see you in those jeans. And I thought, what's wrong with them? And she said, they're disgusting. Disgusting. <laughs> Little did she know they wound up all over MTV. Oh, <laughs> she literally charmed the pants off a utility I'm, worker. <laughs> that's crazy. I paid for them. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Let's, um, awesome. I want to hear, you, you chose to cover Only Women Bleed by yes. Alice Cooper. What, what made you, that's, that seems like a, it doesn't seem like a song that a woman usually sings that I would think of yeah. a woman singing. So what, what was going through your mind when you thought, I'm going to try this? Yeah. Uh, it, it, was, um, it was on the radio. It was really late at night, mm-hmm. like 4 o'clock in the morning, and I was just sitting in with a, some friends, and we were hanging out. And it came on the radio, and it struck me so hard, that song. And I thought, wow, what if a woman was to sing only women bleed. I mean, Alice Cooper's version is amazing. Yeah. And Dick Dick Wagner as a guitar player was amazing. And I thought, what if 
you know, let's give it a shot. So I presented Only Women Bleed to Mike Chapman, mm-hmm. and he, we took it on as a challenge because it's such a beautiful song, and there's so many intricate guitar parts in that song. And how do you beat a song? I mean, when you do a cover of something, you better own it yeah. mm-hmm. or don't do it at all. And m- when Mike Chapman produced it, he made me do all the guitar parts. We didn't bring in anybody else to play guitar on that song. So I, I ended up playing pedal steel wow. and, and all kinds of other little bits and pieces that went along with that. And I called Dick Wagner. And over the phone, he was telling me, well, you play that part like this, and you play this part like that, and this is, you know. So he really walked me through the guitar parts over the phone. That's really cool. It was really cool, and it came out amazing. And the the background vocals on the, um, you know, those beautiful high vocal parts, these two guys came in to sing backing vocals, and they looked like plumbers. <laughs> they were these big, huge guys with their pants hanging down in the back. You know, the crack and everything was showing. And I looked at these guys, and I thought, you're kidding me, right? <laughs> they sang like angels. Wow. <laughs> and they, they nailed it on Only Women Bleed, and that's, it just came to life. And that's why I want people to remember, Lita Ford plays fucking lead guitar people yes take that away today please Mm -hmm. let's hear a little of only women bleed at uh cue it up i have a cue it up great because now every time we hear that uh, we're going to picture the mario brothers <laughs> That's yes. right. the super mario brothers singing. yeah i do every time i hear it i could just still see them standing there you nailed it though. yeah awesome. so that was that was from stiletto and you did two albums back to back with mike chapman yes and then we move on to working with tom warman this guy's worked yep. with with motley Crue and cheap trick and uh, how was Tom Warman to work with? He was a, he was a lot of fun. Um, he, very different than Mike Chapman. Mm-hmm. Um, we used to run every morning and uh, from the cops. <laughs> no, oh, no, okay. no, I just like to no. paint the story in my we head. We would go jogging in the morning, <laughs> and uh, my trainer would take me around the college. There's a college up in the hills where I used to live, and we would run the track mm-hmm. and. Um, so we would get in the studio after you know the morning's workout, right. and I would say, "I ran five miles today, Tom. What did you do?" You know, Tom would say, "Well, I only did two miles today." Aha! <laughs> so it was always a competition with me and Tom. See, once that MTV came up, you had to you had to now you had to keep yourself in shape. Oh yeah, this was right before the Shot of Poison video, which was nominated for a Grammy, by the way. Uh, well, let's hear Shot of Poison then from Dangerous Curves. Yeah. 
So, uh, so Dangerous Curves comes out in 91, an uh, album called Black comes out in 1995. Yeah. And then after that, Lita Ford disappears. Everything went quiet. Everything went, goes quiet. Where's Lita Ford? Yeah. And where is Lita Ford? Well, basically what happened is the music scene changed. Well, yeah. You know, the grunge kicked in and uh, there really wasn't any place for that kind of music right. at that period of time. And... Um, I got married and mm-hmm. became pregnant, and I thought, you know what? Now's the time to bow out. I had already been doing this since 1975. Right. It's been 20 years. Yeah. I was on the road for 20 years, and I thought, well, if I'm going to take a break, now's the time. Now's the time, yeah. Let uh, Nirvana take over and get this bitch out of here. And <laughs> you know, So I went and I had two boys and uh, spent the next 15 years – being a mom, and do you lived? Where you lived? Did you live on an island? Yes. Where was where? <laughs> how does that? How do you live? How do you find an island to live? How does that happen? You marry somebody who hates the United States and <laughs> okay. the government, and uh, didn't want to be a part of it. And he talked me into bailing, and um, we ended up in the Caribbean on a deserted island. On a deserted island. So you guys were it, off the grid. We were we you have to fly into <clears throat> excuse me. You have to fly into Providencialis, Turks and Caicos Islands. Mm-hmm. And from Providencialis you get in a boat and you go about thirty minutes wow. to North Caicos. Wow. And then from there <clears throat> you can walk to the house. Excuse me. You can walk to the house. The house is is right off the shoreline. And on that island, there's 1,500 people. There's there's 1,500 people in Miami. Where we moved <laughs> to Miami. There's 1,500 people per square mile yeah. <laughs> in Miami. On the island, it's 36 square miles. There's only 1,500 people. So on this island, is there a, is there a 7-Eleven? Is there a geezer? What? Where do you get your food? They where filmed do you, Survivor there. I know. Where do you? Where do you? How do you live on an island? You're in, and the house is there. You build the house, or yeah, the houses. We built the houses. Okay. Um, because when we moved there, it was just we, we rented houses on the mainland. Yeah. And we built the houses on North Caicos. Um, we brought in our own concrete trucks, our yeah. own, you know, tools and mm-hmm. everything to build. And we, we built these massive, how we built two of them. Now there's uh, quite a few hundred acres over yeah. there that, that, uh, that's there. But, um, anyway, there's no Starbucks, there's no Target, there's no FedEx, there's nothing. Wow. I homeschooled my boys. I had to, yeah. I had no choice. 
Um, I learned a lot. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's it's educational. If you have to, you finally got that diploma that you didn't. uh, didn't (laughs) She was on the tour with the Ramones. Yeah, right. (laughs) I got the rock and roll diploma. That's what I got. That's that's that. What an amazing experience. That's like. uh, Would you recommend it? (laughs) Or was it? It's not for everybody. (laughs) And I think it's easier for men more so than women because. You know, women like stuff. They like to go shopping. You're no prima donna. Oh, I'm a girl. I'm a, I would hate it. I'm a girl. Yeah. Forget it. <laughs> yeah. They like their cell phones. Yeah. They like their cars, all yeah. that kind of stuff. You know, we drove around in four wheelers and I played with fishing bait all day long, oh. which I love. Yeah. I love to fish. But, you know, after 10 years, it gets kind of old. Yeah, I got a chihuahua in a handbag, so I can't. Ah. I couldn't live. So, uh, so then, um, then you come out of retirement yeah. and you release uh, Wicked Wonderland. Which, if we can say, it's not, it wasn't your normal sound. No. So, fans didn't really gravitate to that record, if if I'm, if that's okay to say. Yes. And so, I actually threw them all away. Wow. So when I, and for that reason, I got I'm a truck a, and took all the Wicked Wonderlands <laughs> I could find, and I went from dumpster to dumpster, and it took me about a year, wow. but I was able to throw them all away. I hated that album. Good, because we're not going to play any of that fucking album. (laughs) We're going to jump right to the album Living Like a Runaway that came out last year, 2012, uh, produced by Gary Huey. Yes. And uh, talk about a guitar whiz. uh, Yeah. And I I saw you on that metal show and you were on and you were like, I'm working with Gary. We're going to do an album. It's going to be old school Lita Ford. And I did that. And it came out. And let's hear Living Like a Runaway. Riding in the back of a black limousine I used to stare at the stars And ask for God to please guide me In the right direction I didn't know where I was going I didn't know where I was going to stay All I knew was that I was going far, far away And it still feels like yesterday That's what we were waiting for. Right on. That's what we wanted to hear. So, um, right on. Do you want? Let's play one more song from that. Let's hear. Uh, I saw your Facebook page. You posted a picture of a girl who had these lyrics tattooed on her back. Nice. Yes. And uh, that's always amazing when someone <laughs> does that. Incredible. But so much better than having Gene Simmons tattooed in your arm. <laughs> <laughs> the lyrics to this. But uh, this is a song uh, called Mother. You're the mother yes. in this song. It's not Lisa. It's you. And let's uh, let's hear a little bit of mother from uh, Living Like a Runaway. Your flesh and blood, your family, and like no other, until they bury me six foot deep, no matter what the future holds, and even though you just begun to grow, just know you'll always have your mother, 
That's a great song. Have you seen the video? No. Uh, it just it just went up, didn't it? I yes. didn't see. I didn't watch it yet. May but I'll put a link 8th, to it. It was. We actually did the video uh, last year at the end of last year, and we saved it for Mother's Day. Oh, nice. Oh, wow. Perfect. You're sitting on it. You're like, Ooh, oh, let's get it out there. Just driving us nuts. We couldn't <laughs> wait to release it. But USA Today mm-hmm. debuted it oh. on May eighth for oh. Mother's Day. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. Thank you. Can I, can I ask one more question? Absolutely, Gary. You have a question for me? Yes, I do, Pat. Uh, <laughs> where'd you get that shirt? I was, um, <laughs> I was wondering about, uh, you know, living in Hollywood, like you could admire somebody on like TV or the movies or whatever, and then you hear from a friend of a friend like, oh, they're a jerk, and it, it, it kind of co- colors your perception of them, and you're like, oh, man, I wish I, wish I didn't know that about that person. But um, on that score, I wanted to ask about, um, have, you, have you patched things up with uh, Tony Iommi? Are, are you guys pals? Or are you still? Uh... I haven't seen Tony. Oh. Okay, but uh, are you on good terms? Would you say or would no? You just... Okay, <laughs> because we're team leader here, so we're not going. We're not going to pay know, attention. To... You got you and Tony Iommi, the guitarist from Black Sabbath, had a relationship. We were engaged, engaged to, be to be married, and um, it didn't work. But um, I like to remember Tony for who he is as a guitar player and um, the great Black Sabbath. Sure. All right. Well, good. Thank you. Thank you for letting us <laughs> off the hook. Because <laughs> I want to hear that new album. Oh, let's get Mitch back over here. Mitch, Mitch, Mitch would you like? Over. Are you feeling it? He, he, he's always feeling nice. it. <laughs> <laughs> the guitar, that is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I want to tell people uh, I have two copies of "Living Like a Runaway" that we're going to give away to listeners. I'm going to I'm going to coerce uh, Lita with a back rub into um, <laughs> into autographing these for us. Or maybe maybe say I won't give you a back rub if oh you nice. sign this. That might work. <laughs> there you go. It works at home. It works here. Oh, um, oh, oh that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. Um, but uh, "Living Like a Runaway" is out. Lita's uh, going to be on tour in Australia. You got any dates in the summer here at the States? We do. Um, we're playing with Rat, Sebastian Bach. Uh, we've got a bunch of shows, but we're doing Sturgis. Okay, great. Nice. So we've got a bunch of shows in the U.S. Sounds Just- like trouble with these Rat and this Sebastian Bach. <laughs> it sounds like it's going to be Bikers some trouble. I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. But if you go to LitaFordOnline.com, official, and you can we'll see find out everything is. we need to know about Lita Ford. I would love you guys to play us out with whatever you would want to uh, play for us. Lita, thank you so much. It was a joy. Mitch, not so much. But uh, I'm kidding, Mitch. I love you. <laughs> How about we do Living Like a Runaway? All right. Okay. Yep. Yet I was living in style My hands 
people start shaking like the streets of Hollywood. My mind was wasted. I still did the best I could. One day I left town with just the shirt on my back and a guitar on my shoulder. Yeah, I wasn't coming back. I had to break the spell. My heart was under, so I rolled out of town on wheels of thunder. And I will never forget. What my mama said, she said, run, baby, run, cross New York City. Run, baby, run, through the streets of L.A. Run, baby, run, yeah, you can't slow down. And you can never stay.
Oh my God, Lita, thank you so much You're for welcome. being open and honest and talking. And it is no excuse to call you a living legend. You sound better than ever. We're so happy you made some time for us today. Yeah, thank and you. thanks, Mitch, also yes, for joining Mitch, us. Uh, that's our show. Go see Lita on uh, on tour. Go to her website and pick up Living Like a Runaway. That's it. Bye. Bye. <laughs> How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Download speeds up to one gigabit per second. Cox internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply.